Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Radio Network. News update. The Atlanta Braves getting a couple pieces of good news. Josh Donaldson appears that to make his Grapefruit League debut on Friday. Donaldson was supposed to participate in a simulated game Tuesday in Braves camp and then make his debut Wednesday, but he'll be back on Friday. Also, Mike Fultonevich resumed throwing on Tuesday. It was a light game of catch. Fulte came down with elbow soreness last week and has been in danger of missing the start of the regular season. Angels Matt Harvey is set to make his Cactus League debut on Wednesday as well. Over to football, NFL Network's Ian Rapoport reports that the Giants have told safety Landon Collins he will not be tagged and the Patriots are not expected to tag kicker Steven Goskowski. Over to basketball, LeBron James said that despite the Lakers fading playoff chances, he's not going to sit out any games. This following Monday's loss to the Clippers, the Lakers are now four and a half games out of the eighth seed. I'm Chris Welsh, and this has been your Fantasy Sports Network News Update. Stay tuned to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network for more updates at the top of every hour. It's college basketball season, and the Mammoth Park Sportsbook by William Hill is your best bet to watch and wager on all the games leading up to the big tournament. Watch every minute of action on our 75-foot HD video wall. Wager on props, parlays, over-unders, and much more. Go to mammothpark.com for news updates and handicapping. Excludes New Jersey college teams and college events taking place in New Jersey. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Are you new to Daily Fantasy? Are you a veteran? Either way, you can better your chances of winning money, and lots of it, by going to DailyRoto.com. Multiple people have become millionaires thanks to the guys at Daily Roto. Why not take advice from the experts? You can become a millionaire, too. Just go to DailyRoto.com to rock Daily Fantasy Sports. Are you, or someone you love, one of the nearly one million Americans living with Parkinson's disease? There is no known cure, but you have the power to help change that by participating in a clinical trial. The Michael J. Fox Foundation will help get you started. Visit michaeljfox.org forward slash participant pack to download the new Parkinson's trial participant pack. It's free and available right now. That's michaeljfox.org forward slash participant pack. Visit today. Scout Fantasy Sports. Perez has had two straight seasons of 27 home runs, uh, two straight years of 80 RBIs. Now the batting average has taken a hit over the last couple of years. So you were expecting pretty good numbers from him, especially with a lot of the speedsters in front of him in Kansas City. They were going to be aggressive on the base pass. Perez would have had a lot of RBI opportunities. So one of the more safer catchers, and now he is off the board. Definitely a big hit. And for those that already drafted, uh, that, that's just brutal. Weekdays, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Scout Fantasy Sports. All right, it's Dr. Roto. Got the insurance cards. Get out the copay. The office is open, my friends. Ron, it's good to be back. How are you? Definitely, man. Doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing just about the same as Luis Severino's doing. So Scratch. Shoulder issue? No, a foot issue. But it feels like, I don't know, man. Right shoulder discomfort. Scratch from a start Tuesday. I mean, is this time to panic? I mean, I want to panic because anytime it's like a player that we that I either have on my team or a team that I like or anything like that, and I hear the word shoulder discomfort, I'm nervous. But could this just be, you know, hey, it's you know early March? It could be. I mean, we've seen a few pitchers recently with some shoulder issues that appear to be back on track. You know, Kevin Gossman had an issue, and it looks like he's going to be able to make his debut this weekend. So you never know, and obviously teams are going to be very cautious at this point. You know, why even risk Severino in a spring training game here on March 5th? Uh, if there's any type of discomfort, you immediately say you're not going to the mound and get it checked out. Yeah, I mean, worst-case scenario here is what? When you hear shoulder? His, do you- his career is over. 
That's that's pretty bad. Yeah, that's the worst right. case. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a little better than worse. Is it like maybe he misses a couple of? Let's say he misses three or four starts of spring training. Will you still draft him in the second or third round? No. Third round. Will you still draft him in the third round? No. Fourth round. Probably not. You're picking tonight at two and tout. He's there in the fourth round coming back to you. Do you take him before Rudy Gamble? Uh, pro- i probably say no. I mean, obviously, we'll have maybe a further update later today. But uh, just at that point, you don't know what it is. It could turn out to be nothing or it could turn out to be something significant. You have your tout draft tonight. You're picking second. How risk-averse are you when you draft? If a guy's got, you know, let's use Gossman. Let's use Severino. Let's use any A.J. Minter. Do you take these guys off your draft boards? No, but there's a big difference when you're talking about Severino, Gossman, and Minter. Severino is going to cost you a high price. Gossman and Minter won't. You know, those guys will be in the double-digit round. So at that point, you can take the risk. Tout has unlimited DL spots. So I've done it in the past. There was one year that I won where Cole Hamels and his Hisashi Iwakuma really fell uh, because they were hurt. Uh, to begin the season. So at that point, I said, okay, I'm going to take them. Uh, both double-digit rounds, both missed a month, both came back and pitched well. So uh, it really comes down to the price. And I, I don't think Severino is going to drop significantly far. If the news remains the same, I still feel like someone's going to take them in the top four rounds tonight. I'm trying to think. If I were picking 11 or 12 and he made it to me in the third round, would I take him? Boy, maybe. I know I take. I probably would take him in the fourth, Adam. If I was there in the fourth round, I'd take him at some point. Yeah, and I'm sure someone will too. They'll just say, "Wow, you know, he's falling a little bit further, and maybe this is nothing. Maybe it's just a scare." I mean, look, every pitcher has some type of issue. No one's ever 100. percent So you just kind of. It's easy to say I would do this. I do that until you're on the clock and under that pressure. You kind of really don't know for sure. No, it's true. I, I agree with you. Like you, th- yeah, I, I would take a shot. Maybe I wouldn't. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, like, nah, I don't want to do it. I, it's too risky. Too risky. But I would think in round four, I already have three guys. Maybe I already have a pitcher. Maybe Severino's my second starter at that point. I, I might be able. I, I just don't know if I take a, take him as my first starter now. That might be a problem. Yeah, uh, and again, we don't have any information. It could be nothing. It could be something, and that's the tricky part of drafting. Uh, while things are going on and you just don't have the news. But it's the same thing whether you're drafting that final weekend. You know, it could happen in the final spring game. So uh, it's just something where you have to determine whether it's worth it or not. All right, Andrew Heaney is dealing with an elbow injury, but he's supposed to throw this weekend. I know you've liked him. Uh, You've mentioned him before. Is this a guy that you'll take a shot on? Yeah, it doesn't sound like it's uh, too significant at this point. So maybe it causes him to drop around the two you know he had 180 innings last year i don't think a lot of people realize that uh and he made it through the season so um i think every pitcher obviously has some type of elbow inflammation and uh it's always scary but it doesn't sound like he's gonna miss the start of the regular season so if he especially if he drops around or two tonight then I'll, i'll take him here's an interesting name dustin pedroia gonna play on thursday against the twins is this guy even draftable in fantasy? Uh, for me, he's not. Uh, he's just older, had a lot of injuries. Yes, it's a great Red Sox lineup, but I just don't know if there's much left in if he can stay healthy. So uh, he's not someone that I've been looking at. I, I can't even imagine. I, honestly, I'd rather take Eduardo Nunez than Dustin Pedroia. I think Pedroia is going to look at 120 games at the most. He's got no speed anymore. Where's the power coming from? I mean, what am I paying for? 280 with five home runs and 30 RBIs? I mean, what am I paying for, Adam? Yeah, I just don't have confidence in the health of a player getting older that's battled injuries, and a lot of his strength was hustle and stolen bases, his value and average, and you know, I just don't know how much he has left at this point. So uh, he's not someone that's on my radar at, at age 35. Second, second baseman tend to age, it seems, uh, more. And, you know, he just hasn't played much uh, the last two years. You know, only three games in the major league level last year. 
The Blue Jays signed Clay Buckholtz one year, $3 million, and he can get another close to $3 million in some incentives. He's 34. But he looked pretty good last season. I mean, he, he does flash. When he's good, Clay Buckholtz is very good. Yeah, look, first, we'll go mixed league, any interest. Then, of course, AL only. Where are you with Buckholtz? I mean, you have to have interest in AL only because he's going to probably be in the starting rotation. Mixed league maybe 30th round of a 15-team team, maybe, but he's probably going to wind up uh, starting the season on the waiver wire, and you know I think you pay attention to what he does early on, but it's a tough division. It's a bad team. Uh, wins are going to be difficult to come by. You know I did have him in a couple leagues last year, picked him up off the waiver wire, and he was actually pretty good. Uh, he had a 201 ERA, although he wasn't as good as those numbers showed, but kept the ball in the bar park. It's, it's just not the ideal setup for him. Um, so he's something one that I would really kind of keep an eye on more. But yeah, AL only league, sure. I think he went in AL labor for maybe a buck. Hmm. Did you? I didn't see the the numbers on those. Did you see the the numbers at yes. the auctions? Mm-hmm. Were there any guys who? And maybe you talked about this yesterday, so I apologize. Are there any guys who went for way more or way less than you thought that were interesting? Uh, Cody Bellinger went for thirty six dollars to Sean Childs. Sean's um, crazy like that, dude. He does the Stars and Scrubs approach, and he did it in both leagues. So he spent up for Bellinger, who went for 36, while Goldie Ooh. went for 32. Freddie Freeman went for 32. Oof. Yeah, because uh, I had Lenny Melnick on, and he had Bellinger as part of his plan. And he even said he went to 35, and he's like, why the hell did I do that? He's like, thank goodness he went 36, because it was just uh, too high a price tag. You know, it's funny. Sean is one of the great players that we know. And by the way, everybody out there, you can get access to Sean Child's stuff as well as the stuff of Adam Ronis and myself at scoutfantasysports.com. Enter BATS50, get you two months at 50% off. We'll help you out there. Sean is one of the, the great fantasy baseball players, but I just don't agree with his auction strategies at all. No, I know he's successful, but I'd argue this, Adam. He will win labor once every four years, but the other three years he may not. Yeah, it's it's a high risk approach uh, because if one or two of those stars get hurt or underperform, you really got to hope that your cheap players hit. So, you know, he does it. He spent thirty six on Bellinger, thirty seven on Arenado, uh, thirty five on Harper, twenty seven on Bueller, twenty four on Diaz, Kershaw for twenty. So, it actually this team actually did not turn out too bad because I like some of the cheap arms he got. Weaver for four, Urias for three. Uh, Gomber for one, Urena for one. So it's not that bad. The offense does have some holes, but you know that when you are, are doing this type of approach that you are you really have to hope that a lot of these cheap players hit. Can I argue that you can do that more in a mono league than you can in a mix? I don't think you can win in a mixed league with that strategy. In a mix with Stars and Scrubs? I don't know. Maybe some people would argue you could. No, nah, you get... can't. You can't because uh, a lot of the $1 players are still good players. I guess that's true. I don't it's know. not I, something I do. No, um, me either. Never works for me. Never. I think the 15-team auction league that I do here with some people in the industry, uh, that I think last year I didn't spend more than like 32 on a player. Um, and Altuve went for a ridiculous price. Like he just kept going up, and I was like, wow, like it's crazy. But then again, in the 15-team NFBC auction last year, I spent 44 on Trout. And had a pretty good team until they uh, folded late in September. So, you know, there's plenty of ways to do it. But uh, I generally do not do the stars and scrubs approach. Although I do think it can work in a mixed league more than a mono. So I'm in tout, which is a 12-team head-to-head league. I will guarantee you Max Scherzer goes for 60 bucks. Yeah, I think last year we saw pitching in that league go very high. Went for 50. I think he's going to go more. I think he goes 60 this year. I really do. I think he goes 60. And I think pitchers won. I thought, I thought pitchers won high last year. I think that it's going to be like, like Lira this year. I think, you know, guys like Trevor Bauer are going to go for 48 bucks. People are crazy. Yeah, and especially near the top where people don't feel comfortable with a lot of arms. And especially if there's anything to this uh, Severino injury, then that takes another guy off the board and pushes someone else up and raises the prices on some of the other pitchers. All right, so let's talk about that for a second. Let's say that, in my mind, Trevor Bauer is a $30 pitcher. All right, fair number. But now I see I'm at, I'm at Tout, I'm at the draft, and all of a sudden it's like 34 35 
I see that he's this guy's heading toward the toward 40. Do you pony up and say, look, I need to get one of these top 12 guys because if I don't, I'm in big trouble? Or do you say, look, I'm not spending 40 when I think this guy's worth 30. Do you pull, do you channel your inner Larry Schechter and just don't do it? Uh, I probably wouldn't do it. I'm not as rigid as him where he only goes by his values. I'll go above uh, if I feel that I have uh, the salary cap money and I think it's the right call and maybe it's the last tier uh, there where I feel there's a drop-off. So I'll go above, but uh, if you think he's 30 and he's at 40, then I'm just not going to do that. Even if there's only like, what, what, what could we argue? Like in regular, when we do regular drafts, aren't there like 12 pitchers? Like, don't you think Walker Bueller is going to go for 30 bucks? Yeah, he will. Right. So, I mean, at some point, do you need to have a first tier guy or no, you're going to lose? No, I don't. I don't. No, you, you're not going to lose. I mean, how many people thought... Mad Bum was a first-tier guy last year. It took him around three. How'd that work out? Yeah, so. no, I, I agree with you, I think. I, I, look, I'd much rather have three guys at $20 than one guy at 60 Maybe I'm wrong in saying that, but that's what I'd rather do. I mean, you could have put a pitching staff together last year. I mean, I got Garrett Cole around seven at Top Wars last year. Blake Snell was a double-digit round guy. Bauer was round eight. Marquez was near the around end. 40, right. Walker Bueller, I got around like 25. Jack Flaherty was a late round guy. I got Ty on in double digit rounds. Obviously, you're not going to hit on everything. You're going to take guys who bust, but if you're fortunate enough to find just two of those guys, I mean, in an NFBC auction last year, I had Bauer, Clevenger, Manaya, who was good before he got hurt. So just alone, Bauer and Clevenger. The problem is, I also had you, Darvish, Taiwan Walker. So Walker got hurt early season over. Darvish was terrible when he did pitch, and you held on to him for most of the year. So he's wasting a roster spot while doing nothing. Uh, but you can find those cheap pitchers, and it's not the easiest thing to do. Zach Wheeler's another guy. No one wanted Zach Wheeler last year. He was a guy that went very late. So, And now you're seeing all those guys pushed up the board. Mike Fultonawich, another guy. So you can find these pitchers light. You can't panic and overpay. That's the biggest thing. And I think that's what a lot of people are doing this year. Oh, I got to get an ace. Oh, my God. And then you reach for someone that shouldn't be in that spot that you really don't want. You want to avoid that. Don't panic. Figure it out. I had to, That happened last year in the draft in the, the GST League here in New York. People were pushing pitching up the board. And I said, you know what? I'm not taking one. I went five hitters to start my draft because I was like, they've sucked the value out of starting pitching. Now in round six, I had to go – with a pitcher, and I wound up going Luis Castillo, who obviously was terrible in the first half and excellent down the stretch. But I wasn't going to panic in the first five rounds and you know, take a pitcher just to take one. No, no, and, and, and I agree with that. But let me ask you this. In, in a points league, a lot of those pitchers you named, I had many of those guys. I had Bauer. I had Flaherty. It, they, they don't, they, I would have won with that pitching staff in a, in a regular 5 by 5 little harder in a points league. I'm not trying to make this about me. I'm just saying it's a little bit harder. How is it some... harder if those guys exceeded value and did well? Because Flaherty was good, but he wasn't great in a points league. Wasn't great. He was good. How was he not great? Wasn't great. I had him, I'm telling you. That means the rest of your team had holes. My team was really good. I should have won. My team was really good. If you look back, if I show you my team last year, you'd be like blown away. Like, how didn't I win? And the only reason I didn't win was I had two bad, like I had a bad David Price start on a Sunday night when I was winning, and it, that that flipped the whole switch. Was it I lost like Yankees? eight points? Yeah, that was. Why did yeah. you start him against the Yankees? No one has history. It was a two-start week, and I you always start in a points league. Don't you start a guy in a two-start week? And I was up by like forty points until he imploded or something like that. I, I, he must have lost me like twenty-seven points that night. Something ridiculous. Yeah, he doesn't pitch well against the Yankees. Oh, I'm, I'm telling you, on my super don't draft list, David Price is there. And not just because of that start. I don't trust him this year. Don't trust him. Uh, I mean, he's a fair price at this point, though. But, I mean, I haven't taken him in any draft, but I wouldn't put him on my avoid list. You don't think after last year that is the only one place to go but down? One minute. Why, what makes you say that? What did he show last year that makes you think he would go down? I don't know. He wins the world. Pitches in October. Very, you know, it's, it's, I look at, I'm looking at the psychological part that you expend a lot of energy. Now you got to come back and produce the same thing again this year. I don't know. I worry about the Red Sox. I think they're going to be good. I just don't know whether they're going to be back again. Well, I think it's other issues they have. Uh, obviously, the bullpen oh, uh, terrible. is a problem right now. 
And, you know, a lot of guys put up uh, big numbers that I think a lot of them can repeat, but to expect the same level of predict, uh, productivity is going to be tough. All right, we're going to take a little break. When I come back, I'm going to give Adam a player that I am not going to draft this year, and I want his opinion. This guy is one of the top 10 pitchers in baseball that I won't draft. Who is this guy? We'll let you know when Scout Fantasy Sports returns right after this. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Hi, my name is Lily. My mom and dad used to fight about money all the time. Then one day, I heard them talking about this guy. Some uncle I never knew calls Uncle Sam. Well, they say this Uncle Sam guy wanted them to pay him like a gazillion dollars. And they didn't have a gazillion dollars. So they called this company they heard on the radio called The Tax Doctor. And The Tax Doctor worked with Uncle Sam's people. I think they're called the IRS. And they're able to work it out so my mom and dad didn't have to pay Uncle Sam very much money at all. So now mom and dad are happy. And I'm happy too. Thanks, Tax Doctor. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS or state, call now and pay less. 800-215-1727. 800-215-1727. That's 800-215-1727. Fantasy. Jay Happy undervalued? He might be. I think this is. I was looking at this now and I'm thinking a 3.65 ERA or better for four years in a row. That's basically what we want these other guys in this range to sure. be, right? Sure. I understand he's older, but he didn't really show signs of falling off last year. In no. fact, he got better. No, he's 36 years old. Was, the strikeout rate got better. I mean, the walk rate went down. Oh, he's not much better than he was the year before. It's just well, 30 more innings. He's a little undervalued, man. He's 30 more innings. He's going to win a lot of games with the Yankees, too. Weekdays, noon Eastern on FTSY Radio and on your popular podcast providers. All right, we're back. I need you guys to swing for the fences this daily fantasy baseball season with DailyRoto.com. If you're playing MLB DFS on DraftKings or FanDuel, Daily Roto will help you hit your first home run as the 2019 MLB Daily Roto Premium Package is now live. Lineup alerts and weather updates, they got you covered. Fantasy projections, they have you covered. Lineup optimizers to compete with the pros, they've got you covered there too. Save 10% on winning Major League Baseball DFS advice with an early bird special using promo code FNTSY. That's a 2019 MLB Daily Roto Premium Package at DailyRoto.com. Use promo code FNTSY and get your 10% early bird discount today. All right, Adam. I got a guy. I got a guy for you who is absolutely in the top 10 of pitchers who I have decided... I am not drafting this year. And I'm going to tell you why. And of course, you're going to tell me I'm wrong, but I'm going to tell you why. This guy has literally thrown close to 3,000 innings in his career. Last year may have been his best year, arguably his best year. And I'm not sure there's anywhere to go but down because I'm paying full price for a 36-year-old arm. And his name is Justin Verlander. And I'm not saying he's not great. He's great. I'm just saying if I take him where I'm supposed to take him, I am paying like 120% for him, which I am loathe to do because I always want to find a guy who's under, who's going to get better than a guy who's already at his peak. Uh, I mean, it's I haven't taken him any drafts because he does cost a lot because if I'm picking late in that first round, I'm usually not coming back with a pitcher. So he's usually gone. And if I'm picking early in the draft, uh, like tonight at two, I don't think he's going to make it back to me. Uh, I mean, the only argument you have is age, so you're just speculating. You have nothing else to go on. because I have have nothing else to go on. No, I have nothing else to go on. I'm being honest about that. He's a terrific pitcher, and I'm not knocking him as a pitcher. I'm not saying not to draft him. I'm saying I don't like usually drafting guys who have their best season ever 
last year at this age. I just worries me that could he do it again at this high a level? I look at maybe a 10 to 15% regression, and then he just becomes a very good pitcher, but not a guy that I'm taking at pick number 15 in a draft. So if he has a 3-10 ERA, wins 16, throws 200 innings, that's not good enough? I would take him, you pick number two, right? I would pick him in the second round if he went, if he, if he made it to me. But that's it. Okay, so that's... I'll take him there. That's not really... I pick 29, I'll take him. But I'm not pick, taking him at pick 16, 17, 18. I'm not going to do it. Okay. I mean, so then you still think he's going to be very good then? I think he's going to be very good. I just think people may overpay for him. He's a name at tout I'm certainly calling out, and I want somebody to spend $48 on him. I want it. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where he, he could return that value. I mean, he's he's shown to be a pretty durable pitcher, um, and he's really only missed time in 2015. It's amazing uh, when you look at his innings, uh, the way he has dominated. And obviously, going over to Houston, we've seen so many pitchers really transform themselves. We saw Garrett Cole really put up his best season ever. Uh, Verlander had a tremendous year last year. I mean, he's always been a, a really good pitcher. But uh, a whip of 0.90 last year. His K to walk rate was insane. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the velocity is still there. And, you know, certain pitchers, they just seem like they have that gene and that ability to pitch beyond uh, their age. And with Verlander, it seems like it. I mean, he's been, for a while, his velocity was down. The last two years, he's been averaging 95 on his fastball. Don't you remember, was, I'm looking at the stats here, like in 2014. He had an ERA of 4.54 and a whip of 1.40. Didn't, wouldn't you think at 31 that, and, and he wasn't even that great as walk. The K ratio was, was not good. I don't know, man. I, I think he was, people are probably saying he was done then. Yeah, I think so. And I'm sure he probably had some type of injury that he was trying to pitch through. Uh, and that's the thing. I've seen that a lot now. A lot of guys saying, I think it was Tyler Skaggs that I saw recently said that he was trying to pitch through an injury in the second half last year, and he shouldn't have. So... A lot of guys do it. It's just, you know, people want to be tough and they feel like they could, they need to be out there for their team or they feel like, oh, I haven't thrown this many innings. I got to prove that I'm durable to, to get that money, uh, get the arbitration that I want. So, and it's a lot of times it's to the detriment of the team. And we see it a lot. A lot of guys play through injuries and then late in the year, oh, I should have sat. I shouldn't have played through it. See, Cole, I know this sounds crazy. But I like Cole more than Verlander. Cole's on a one-year deal. He's hungry. Wants a big old contract. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I like Verlander, but I'm going to take Cole first. Well, I think he's also younger as yes. pitching in his prime, too. So, And obviously, you know, he, he had good seasons with the Pirates. I mean, we saw a dominant year in 2015. And obviously, he comes over to Houston changes a little bit of his pitch mix and is just tremendous. And that's why I think a lot of people were wrong on Cole last year. And I wrote about it. And I had Cole ranked a lot higher than the consensus uh, last year. Uh, and I, a lot of people assume, oh, he's going to the National League, to the American League. This isn't good. And I wrote that it was false because the average ERA between the American League and the National League is a lot closer than it used to be. And people think Houston is a – Hitter's park, it's not. It's a pitcher's park. Yes, the left field down the line is short, but it's a pitcher's park. So what Cole had the talent, you saw what Houston has been able to do with pitchers, and that's why I liked Cole a lot last year, and he just took it up another notch, uh, just uh, swinging strike percentage. I mean, it went up like 5%. I mean, he just uh, took it to another level last year, and it's the pitch mix too, uh, you know, a lot more – uh, reliant on the fastball and incorporating more sliders and more curves into his uh, repertoire, and it, it really worked for Cole. Who's the, I mean, I'm not trying to put you on the spot. I don't know the name of the Houston Astros pitching coach, but he's really good. I mean, Verlander, Cole, Peacock, uh, Framber Valdez, Davinsky, Harris. It's a pretty good team here, man. There's a lot of good arms that they just seem to manage very well. Well, I also think they're heavy into analytics, too. And I think that's a big reason why you've kind of seen them turn around. And you're seeing a lot of other teams now using analytics more. I think the team that isn't is the Orioles. What a shock. They suck. Um, so they haven't been able to, to scout and, and get these guys. And 
the, the Mets did, the Mets didn't for you you know when the Mets had Omar Minaya as their general manager 100 years ago I always thought that they were behind the curve with analytics because I don't think Omar Minaya ever used analytics one day in his life yeah the one thing they do they always find arms they you know the Grom Syndergaard you know Wheeler well Wheeler was a trade but uh, they, they usually do a good job finding arms it's the mm-hmm. offensive side where they really struggle to develop talent wasn't it the thing that the Mets are still paying Bobby Bonilla yeah they still are <laughs> the Phillies are signing Bryce Harper and the Mets are signing and still paying Bobby Bonilla. By the way, did you see there's a rumor that the Phillies are saving money from Mike Trout? Well, Bryce Harper mentioned it in his press conference. He's like, That's yeah, right. there's a guy that's going to be a free agent soon. So uh, that would be crazy. And Trout and Harper on the same team. Could you imagine that? Do you, do you think that was, a, I mean, I guess that was a selling point. Or do you think that was Harper trying to be a little uh, clever? Yeah, I think he was trying to be clever there and hoping for it, knowing that he's fr- Trout's from Philly. All right, Todd Frazier starting to run again, Adam. Uh, the rehab process uh, is, is working for him, a little white light workout. Do you think he's ready for opening day? On who? Uh, tra- Todd Frazier, the Mets' Todd Frazier. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, he's older. I don't think there's any need to push him, so I would think that he's not ready at this point. What's your thoughts also on Jeff McNeil? Do you think he ends up starting? Do you think Lowry won't be there for the beginning of the season and we'll see Jeff McNeil mostly in left field? Yeah, I mean, I think that was the plan. Uh, I think they wanted to uh, put him in the outfield, and that's why they said that they didn't want to move him to the infield. They want him to get reps in the outfield. So I do think he starts the year on the team uh, for the Mets. And by the way, uh, breaking news of Miguel Sano, uh, according to Chief Baseball Officer Derek Falvey of the Twins, he said Miguel Sano, with this heel injury, will not be ready for opening day. And they hope that he can return sometime in May if it goes well. He's going to be in a boot for the next two to three weeks. And he won't resume baseball activities until mid-April. It's kind of like me, Ronis, on the DL here. Yeah, you're a radio show. You can do it. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I, no I think you're on your activity. own, Ronis. I think you're going to have to bring somebody else in from the DL. I don't know. I'm going to have to be sidelined. Um, well, don't you think that that was one of the reasons that they probably were looking at Marwin Gonzalez so heavily? Do you think they knew something? Uh, probably. I mean, he was good insurance anyway for a multitude of players in case Buxton struggled, in case Polanco struggled. Uh, they can move him across the diamond. And probably the big one was Miguel Sano because even if Sano could start, um, you know, that uh, you'd probably see Marwin in there a lot. So, uh, yeah, it'll be uh, Marwin Gonzalez manning third base. Look, I like Sano as much as the next guy, maybe even more than the next guy, but he really wasn't in a lot of my draft plans this year. I just don't trust Sano. Uh, yeah, I, I think he wasn't in my plan. It really depends on where he fell to. I wasn't crossing him off the board. Because there is still elite power in that bat, and uh, he can hit 30, 35 home runs. I took him in Tower Wars last year because he fell to the double-digit rounds. No one wanted him. And I was like, all right, it's an OBP league where he's even better. He's going to fall tonight, by the way. Are you going to take him? Mm, probably not. I mean, it really depends where. I mean, we do have unlimited DL spots. So it's round 15. He's on the board. You taking him? Uh, round 15. I might. I would consider it. I think I might. I think I might. Look, what, what's June 1st in, in, in tout with that good OBP? Yeah, that's fine if it gives me four months. The problem is with Sano is you don't know. I mean, he's had – that's one of the other issues with him. He's had a very difficult time staying on the field. I mean, I did see some of the things he did in the offseason, which I liked. Uh, he got a, a nutritionist. So that was a good thing because I think, you know, weight was maybe one of the things for him. He's still only 25 years old, turning 26 in May. But he has not played more than 116 games in a season. So – uh, there are definitely uh, some concerns with him. But in an OBP league, uh, he takes less of a hit. Again, I don't expect him to be a 199 hitter like last year. Uh, but we have seen uh, him put up a solid OBPs compared to the average. I'm looking here at the Twins uh, pitching staff. I-, I like Berrios. I have a little love for Kyle Gibson. But I'm looking at the back end of that staff. Do you, do you like Michael Pineda this year? Uh, no. I think he... There's a chance he could be good. I think getting out of New York certainly helps. Uh, he's a guy that just is in the strike zone too much, and Yankee Stadium was a bad fit for him when the opponent lines up left-handed batters. And he's a pitcher you know early on whether he has it or he does it. There are certain pitchers that when they don't have their best stuff, they're able to get through it. Like you could tell there was a couple games last year. Jacob DeGrom did not have his best stuff. He found a way to get you through six innings. 
Pineda can't do that. If Pineda doesn't have his stuff in the first inning, he is done. He's not going to last a long time. And a lot of that is mentality. And uh, that's the problem I have with him. Uh, but leaving New York might help. Uh, but he's not someone that I've drafted. I mean, he's basically a reserve pick at this point. But I wouldn't be surprised if he had a decent year. So it's round five, pick two. Jose Berrios is on the board. Are you drafting him? Yeah, if I need a pitcher, yeah, I would. Okay. I, I like him. I think he could take the next step up this year. Yeah, I thought he was pretty good last year. He was pretty good last year. I, I think he could take that next step this year. I think his ERA has still been, you know, okay. The whip has been good. Uh, he's, he's probably going to win about 14, 15, 16 games on that team, which I think is improved. Still letting up a, a bit too many home runs for me. But I, I, think, there's, I think there's more here than, the, than, I mean, it wasn't the only like 23, 24? Yeah, he's young. He came up to the majors and got blasted the first time around. So it's always good to see a guy bounce back after that uh, you know, horrendous performance. Uh, his home road splits are pretty stark, too. He just does not pitch well on the road. He had a 4.85 ERA on the road last year, 3.03 at home. So that's really the big thing. It's uh, the home runs on the road were a major problem. But this is a division that you know he should be able to exploit. You know the Tigers lineup, the Royals lineup, the White Sox, and then even the Indians who still look to be the front runner. It's not like they have a great lineup right now. So it's a good division to pitch in. That should help him. You know, you mentioned the Royals. I just did my Kansas City Royals in a fantasy nutshell article today. I think the Royals could be annoying to play. With Hamilton and Merrifield and Mondesi, they're just going to be annoying on the base paths. Yeah, they're going to be very aggressive. They're going to steal a lot of bases, but those guys have to get on base. Billy Hamilton is not a good hitter. Mondesi showed flashes last year, but is he going to be able to do it consistently over the course of a season? Will pitchers adjust? Because you saw this last year with Ozzy Albies. What happened was he was getting a lot of fastballs early on and hammering them. Pitchers took notice, said, okay, we're going to throw him a heavy dosage of breaking pitches. They did, and he did not adjust. He really struggled. So uh, the same might happen for Mondesi this year. But, yeah, they're going to be very aggressive. Mondesi's going to run. Merrifield's going to run. Hamilton's going to run uh, because that's the, the way that they're going to generate offense. They know that they can be very aggressive. They know they're not a contending team. That, that is absolutely true. They're not contending with that pitching staff. All right, it is tout wars tonight for you, Adam. Uh, for the rest of us, it'll be in about 10 days. You have pick number two. No surprise. I would think that you're going to take Mookie Betts, I would think, unless uh, the, sh- the world is shocked. And Betts goes one, you'll take Mookie Betts at two. In round number two and three is the goal to t- I know you don't like to, to lock in, but can we assume that you'll take a pitcher in those next two picks? Uh, probably. Uh, but a lot's going to de- depend on what's there because... This is a different league because it's on base percentage league. So this is not going to be your typical draft. You can look at a draft board and say, oh, this guy's going to be there. This guy, I I can't really say that. Uh, Joey Votto went in the first round last year in an OBP league, and that's where he should have gone. I doubt he goes there this year, but you never know. Maybe someone values OBP and feels he's a bounce back. Maybe he goes. Maybe Javier Baez drops because he doesn't have a high OBP. Uh, Maybe this room doesn't value pitchers as we've seen in other drafts. So it's really hard to tell what's going to be there at that point there should be a good pitcher so there's a good chance yes but uh, i'm never locked into anything all right i'm just going to give you some pitchers you don't have to tell me if you're going to take them but just if you would would you take a carlos carrasco at three two or is it too soon no that's a fair price for him okay would you take walker bueller at three two uh, i would consider it would you take blake snell at three two i would consider it all right, we know Severino's out. I know Clayton Kershaw's out. We're taking Kluber at 3 2. Uh, we consider. Right, that's a weak consideration here. So we, we have, we, I mean, Cole for sure you take a 3 2. Verlander for sure you take a 3 2. Right? Is it, who is going to go? For, DeGrom is going to be gone. Sale's going to be gone. Verlander's going to be gone. Cole's going to be gone. And Nola's going to be gone, most likely, before you pick. Is that fair? I would think so. All right, so we're, we're in that Bueller, Carrasco, Snell. Would you take Bauer 3-2? Yes. All right. I mean, that's, I think that's the beauty of where you're picking. I think that there's, there's no way you don't get one of those pitchers we just mentioned. There's no way. Yeah, definitely one of them should be there for sure. Right? There's, there's no way that doesn't happen. So I, I, think, I, I do think there's an advantage this year picking in the top four. Maybe because there's, I think you get a great hitter, and I think in round three – 
you can wait and get that pitcher in round three and take that next hitter in round two. Would you take Stanton? Or does he he's not going to make it. And Judge for sure is gone. Absolutely. He should go in the first round of this. Would you take Freddie Freeman? He's, I doubt he makes it back. Would you take Joey Votto? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't know. I don't trust Joey Votto anymore. I know it's only been one year, but I don't trust that anymore. Just don't. Uh, I would not rule out a bounce back. He's a smart hitter, so. All right, fair enough. When we return, we're going to preview the Baltimore Orioles. Is there anybody for Adam to take on that team tonight? I'm not so sure, but we'll let you know when Scout Fantasy Sports returns right after this. If you've heard of WeatherTech floor liners, you probably know that for your vehicle's floor, nothing protects better. But what about protection for the rest of your car or truck? I'm David McNeil, founder of WeatherTech. Besides our floor liners, we design, engineer, and manufacture a wide range of automotive accessories right here in America. And just like our floor liners, everything is done to the highest standards possible. We understand what kind of investment owning a vehicle can be, so we do everything possible to help you protect it. We don't take shortcuts, and we never make concessions when it comes to quality. For everything from cargo liners to cleaning and detailing supplies to mud flaps and car covers, the one place you need to go is WeatherTech.com. So if you are familiar with our floor liners, just imagine how well the rest of our products will work for you. Learn more about our full line of automotive accessories at WeatherTech.com or call 1-800-CARMATS, WeatherTech.com, proudly made in America. Maurice Allen, 2015-2016 European Long Drive Tour Champion, 2017 World Number One. Me personally? I keep my game face on me all the time. Especially coming out of the bunker, leaving the range, or even leaving the course. What's your story? Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs. The morning after. Always love King Kong Bundy. Dude's just a badass. I remember him and Andre the Giant always having those battles back in the WWE days. He always wore that same damn, like, onesie, uh, you know, suit that <laughs> he had. all he could there. fit into. The black one. Bundy was one of a kind, man. And also, from my understand, out of the ring. Like, probably one of the nicest guys that you'll ever meet. Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern on FNTSY Radio and on your popular podcast providers. All right, we're back. Catch going for the Greeny Podcast each week on Fantasy Sports Radio Network as the Daily Roto Crew breaks down the upcoming PGA tournament from a fantasy perspective. Going for the Green talks course history, PGA betting, one and done, fantasy picks, and much, much more. Separate yourself from the field and go for the Green with Daily Roto this fantasy golf season on Audio Boom, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or on your favorite podcast provider. By the way, I did hear that there, Adam. Uh, so let's see. King Kong Bundy dies around 61 years old. Yeah, I saw that this morning. Do you remember when he was be like count to five? He was the guy that wanted you to count to five, not three. Remember that? I didn't see much of him. Was you didn't see Bundy? Me. A little bit before me, yeah. Were you like, do you remember Ivan Putsky or Chief J Strongbow or any of those guys? No. You know who else died? Was it Pedro Morales? Do you remember that name? I know the name, but didn't see him. Magnificent Morocco? No. Oh, come on, Ronis. Which guys do you remember? Those are like, that's my youth right there, all those guys. Those guys are terrible wrestlers, but you know what? They were, they were good characters. I saw a good movie this weekend, Ronis, fighting with my family about the, uh, the diva wrestler who uh, won ch- the championship. Was that, fr- is that in the movie theaters? It's in the movie theaters. I actually went to the movie theaters with my children. Oh, okay. And they didn't want to see it. They were screaming the whole way. But after they saw it, they liked it. All right, yeah, I didn't, I didn't even know that's. I don't even know, never know what's in theaters. Yeah, but yeah, it's, it's funny. I don't go to, I never, I told you, I never go during football season, like between August and February, I never go. But this was a good, it was about a girl who's from uh, England. She and her brother want to be professional wrestlers, and they both get a shot to try out for WWE, and she makes it, and he doesn't. So it's a little, you know, sibling rivalry, but uh, she ends up being a, uh, I'm not giving it away here, folks. It's a real life story. She ends up being a, becoming a champion. So it's pretty good. No, it sounds pretty good. Sounds something that I would somewhat be interested in. 
Yeah. All right, real quick, I want to get to the uh, Baltimore Orioles uh, preview in a second, but did you see that Landon Collins has bid farewell to the New York football Giants? Yeah, I did see that. How do you not keep him? Can somebody tell me the dude's 25, all pro, pro bowls, what more could this guy do that you're not willing to pay for him? I don't know. It's surprising that they're uh, going to let him walk away like this. You're right. Only 25 years old, a playmaker, and uh, has, you know, led the team in tackles uh, the last several seasons. I, I mean, I just don't see it. I don't know why you'd want to get rid of him. Or at least get a pick back. I, I don't get it. I mean, maybe because there's a lot of guys in this position, right, the, who's, who are available. What do you, you say, oh, I don't need you, but I'll get Tyron Matthew? I guess that's what they're thinking. I mean, it's uh, crazy that they let him walk for no compensation, and they really didn't express an interest, it seems, to keep him long-term. I'm looking here at Charles Robinson from Yahoo. The Giants chose to pay Eli Manning $17 million. They chose to pay Landon Collins zero. Yeah, Does that make right. you wonder? It does, man. It really does. And he was a well-respected player, too, by uh, the team. So uh, that's not a good message to send to the locker room either. Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't even know what that says. I don't know. Seriously, you're absolutely right. Here, God, here, you could be a star. You could be one of the top players in football, but we'll let you go. Yeah, I guess Gettleman talked about using the um, salary cap, uh, I mean the uh, tag on him, and said that the Giants didn't have much money available under the cap, but they're projected, I guess, uh, at, at 29 mil. So I, I don't know. Oh, yeah, uh, but I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy here. Wouldn't you rather see, maybe I'm wrong, just tell me I'm wrong, and I know Odell Beckham Jr. is, is phenomenal. Isn't, wouldn't you say Landon Collins is more integral to that team and Beckham causes way more trouble? Well, I guess. I mean, we're seeing that with wide receivers now, uh, with Beckham and Brown, and uh, I guess the problem here is Manning counts so much against the cap. It's $23.2 million for Manning against the cap. I know, and you know what? I can say bye-bye, adios, arrivederci. Ser- seriously, I'd much rather keep Landon Collins and get rid of Eli Manning. Yeah, and you know that there's going to be a really good market for Collins. I mean, there's a lot of oh. teams that could use him, man. Pay him a lot of worth. Honestly, worth every penny. That guy is a great. You never ever had to worry about where he was in the field. He was always in the right spot. That's not easy to say, dude. And twenty-five. Yeah. Man, I don't know. I just, I, I struggle. I, I don't like Gettleman at all, by the way. I don't think he's as, I think he's way overrated. Yeah, I mean, it's not been a, a great start, and uh, this certainly was something that they, they ruined here. This is a guy you build around, you don't get rid of, and you keep Eli. How many more years does Eli Manning have as your quarterback? One? None. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'll give him, I'll be generous, Adam. I'll go one. So, yeah, and Collins is one of the best at his position. Yeah, I don't get it. What are you worried about the fan base? I think the fan base has got to be angry. Any, any fan base who understands the game of football should be angry like I am right now. You have to be angry at that. I think all Giants fans are. Oh, ridiculous. I, I just, I, I don't know. And now you know what I'm worried about? I'm worried about that somebody is going to jump above the Giants to three because the Jets are going to give that pick to somebody. And somebody's going to take Haskins and it won't be the Giants. Certainly possible. And then what are they going to do? That's my point. You know what they're going to do? You, 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 you watch. My prediction is Josh Rosen will be the quarterback of the Redskins or the Giants next year. One of the yeah, two. Yeah, it definitely seems like he's getting traded. That, that is beginning to pick up. Yeah, that, I mean, just write this down. Kyler Murray's going number one, and Josh Rosen will be a Redskin or a Giant. Book it. Yeah, everything is trending in that direction. I actually agree with that for the Cardinals, by the way. I think you're, Josh Rosen's not a great quarterback. I don't think he looked very good last year at all. I take my chances with Kyler Murray running that spread offense. I, I, would, I have no problem with them doing that. Now that's the thing. And, you know, you need to let the coach come in and have the quarterback he wants. And uh, that's why it's looking like that you're hearing more and more that Murray's going to be the pick. Yeah, and look, it's a, he's a really great player, and I have no problem with that. I mean, I do like Nick Bosa. I do like some of the defensive guys. By the way, have you seen this kid Metcalf? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my. have you seen? I mean, speaking of wrestlers, does he look like he could get in the ring right now and win? 
Definitely jacked, man. Oh. Like some of the pictures, I'm like, what? Oh. Are you serious? Right? Doesn't that look fake? Yeah, it does. <laughs> Seriously, when you see him on Twitter, don't you like, do they just like make that picture look bigger than it normally is? That's like one of the biggest human beings I've ever seen. Yeah, definitely rolls up the combine, but you know, uh, it's it's great to be that physical. Now you got to show you can do it on the field consistently. Do you? Who, the Raiders pick two, right? Do the Raiders take him, or do you think that would you? If you're the Jets, do you take him at three? Uh, it does. You think he's going to go that high now? No. Yeah, I don't think so either. I think he goes top ten. That's a freak of nature. You have to take that. You know why? Because what if? What if he's legitimately that good? You yeah, don't Calvin know Johnson and Julio right. Jones, like in right. that range. Right. You can't pass on that. So that, that pick is usually somewhere between five and eight. And the Giants don't need him because the Giants aren't taking him at six. Right. They'll trade Beckham. Right. Oh, well, that's true. Could you imagine that? The Giants trade Beckham and take Metcalf? Because there was a story about a week or two ago where I guess Jay Glazer made bold predictions and he said the Giants would trade Beckham. Yeah, I saw that. So that obviously caught a, a lot of people's eyes. And yeah, I think even Beckham made some type of uh, Twitter emoji response to it or something. So I think Beckham might be a San Francisco 49er next year. He seems like he's headed down the Antonio Brown path. Yeah, the, and that's why, that, that's why the whole thing bothers me about the Giants. Blow it up. Blow up Eli. Blow up Beckham. Give me Saquon. Give me Collins. Give me guys who like to work and are great players who are young. I love those guys. So what is the issue with Beckham? You don't think he... I think Beckham, honestly, I, can, can I tell you the truth? I, I agree with Beckham. I agree with Beckham every step of the way. I think Eli's done. He wasn't able to find Beckham. The coaching staff didn't use him enough. And, and I don't, I think the problem was he acted out. He was right, but he was immature. Yeah, no, he did act immaturely for sure. But I, I can understand the frustration with him in, right. uh, in the quarterback situation there. He was. I, I honestly believe he was right, Adam. I believe that Beckham was underutilized last year, but no team would have used, utilized him as poorly as the Giants did. No, it's Think true. It. It's true. There were games where he didn't, they didn't even go to him. He was like he was like running decoys out there. He's allowed to be angry. And I think when you have that kind of talent, see, that is the mark of a great coach, whether it's in baseball or whether it's in football or basketball. When you have talented players like that, you put them in positions to win. Do you remember the old Randy ratio with the Randy Moss ratio and everybody hated that? You know what? Coaches do that all the time. They just don't put a name to it. You throw the ball to your best player ten times a game. Did Beckham get the ten targets a game? Yeah, you gotta get. You gotta put the ball in his hands, even if it's and if it's not working beyond ten yards. Throw a quick slant to him because he's explosive after the catch and he can make things happen. Don't kid yourself. I think the greatest trade the Cowboys made was for Amari Cooper, and they used him well when they got him. They featured him all game long, Adam, and you know that as well as anybody. Yeah, no, they made a point to get him the football, and he clearly was a difference for them. I don't think they get into the playoffs without acquiring him. Without a doubt. And I think there were times, and, and you know this as well as I do, when Cooper does not get the football early in the game, he disappears. He mentally loses focus. And the Cowboys kept that kid focused all year long. He was a star. We're drafting right now. Um, I could argue that Amari Cooper is a late first, early second round pick. No, I don't think so. I think he could be a second round pick for sure. Uh, early second? No. Sure. Why not? There's too many running backs in that area, and they're better receivers. I'm telling you, if you were doing a draft today, you would not take him in that spot. Would I take him at, if I had pick six, would I take him in round two? In that old A.J. Green spot? Uh, I guess it's possible. I don't, I'm trying to, I don't know. I'm so removed know, from football. I, know, I don't remember I where he went in the mock draft that I did. <laughs> I don't know either, but which I know like, that I like him. Which was like in January or something. <laughs> so, so long ago. That, that was like, it feels like forever well, ago. I mean, right? I've done like 75 baseball draft sets. So <laughs> he's probably, I, I what he's probably a third round pick, I would guess. I'm going to take him in two. I'm just telling you that right now. All right, let's do a quick Baltimore Orioles uh, preview here. This team is so bad. Um, I'll give you some names, Adam. Chan Sisko, Chris Davis, Renato Nunez, Richie Martin, DJ Stewart, Trey Mancini, Mark Trumbo. Here's what they all have in common to me. None of them will be on my team this year. Uh, I disagree. I think a couple of them could be on my team. I actually just took Chan Sisko around 28 of the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational. He's had a good spring. I know he was terrible last year, but he's 24 years old. 
Uh, I'd rather take a shot on that late in the draft with some upside in that ballpark. So in a 15-team league, two-catcher league, I take a, I might take a shot on him. I think Reynato Nunez is intriguing. He's got some pop. He plays every day. I've taken him in some draft champions leagues. But Ryan Mountcastle is, is, is common, dude. Is he in the third baseman of the future there? Yeah, but, I mean, why would the Orioles bring him up early for? What are they playing for? Nothing. Literally nothing. Yeah, so I think he has a shot. Trumbo, I debated. I did not take him, but uh, he still has pop. Um, if he's the if he gets the, if he plays every day, which he should, as long as he's healthy. So, so um, yeah, it's a terrible team, but there are a couple guys that I would consider late in drafts. I love Jonathan VR this year, and I, and I like Cedric Mullins. I think Mullins is a very good late. Uh, sleeper there. I think this guy could steal 25, 30 bases. They're going to let him run. He's slated to hit leadoff. Uh, they're going to give him the green light again. This is a team that doesn't have much to play for. They're not going to be very good. He's 24 years old, uh, has some pop, has some speed. So, yeah, I think he is someone that I'm looking to take in my drafts, uh, you know, fourth, fifth outfielder, especially if I need some speed later on in the draft. Uh, Trey Mancini, I liked him going into last year, but he really did disappoint. Um, What's your thoughts? I mean, he's really bad against lefties. I mean, he can barely t- touch the ball against a lefty. Yeah, I haven't taken him in any drafts. I have in the past, but uh, I just don't know if there's more power there with him because he hits the ball on the ground so much. So that's the biggest problem for me is uh, I just don't know if we're going to see a jump in power uh, when you continuously hit the ball on the ground. Uh, he hasn't reached a 30% fly ball rate in each of the last two years. So uh, even in Camden Yards, if you're going to continuously pound the ball into the ground, it's really tough to to hit those home runs. So, yeah, last year, 24 home runs, okay, but 58 RBIs, 242 average. So uh, just really doesn't offer much. There's just players that go around him that have way more upside than he does. All right, speaking of upside, I think the Orioles have a couple of pitchers who – I won't take early, of course, but I don't hate them. Dylan Bundy, I think there are seeds of something good there. And don't laugh, but I think Alex Cobb is interesting. I mean, he came in very late in the season. He got injured. But Cobb has shown in the past, Adam, that he does have the goods to pitch in the AL East. Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, Bundy's biggest problem last year was home runs. I mean, it was really bad. You look at the strikeout-to-walk ratio, and it was excellent. But, man, he just gave up a ton of home runs. And in Camden Yards, uh, I don't know if that's something that decreases. Now, he gave up 41 in 171 and two-thirds innings after giving up 26 and two fewer innings the year before. So it's really cutting down those home runs. He's had a whip of 1.38 two of the last three years. So, yeah, the stuff is intriguing. But he's a fly ball pitcher in Camden Yards facing the Red Sox, the Yankees. So he's very cheap. Uh, his velocity has dropped two years in a row now. So I understand why some people feel like, oh, it's a bounce back. But I haven't taken him on any of my teams. It's just it's not a recipe for success, uh, the situation he's in and the park that he's in. Well, does that mean you won't take a guy like that? Or is it just I look at him, I go, man, you play you play. The Rays, you play the Yankees, you play the Red Sox. It's just not going to end well. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the problem is uh, I just don't think he's set up for success. And, uh, you know, he got his curveball was hammered last year. So, um, you know, he has shown the ability to be a top-notch pitcher in the past. So when you're looking, you know, round 20, you say, okay, he's done it before. But a lot of the things set up for him just lead to – negative results uh, from what I see. Uh, what about Michael Givens? I've taken him in a couple of leagues as a closer. What's up? I mean, he has the job for now. How many saves is he going to get? Uh, does he keep the job the entire year? Uh, that's the biggest thing. You know, does he get traded? So they basically said that they're going to use him in high leverage situations, not naming him the closer, but I got to think it, it's going to be him. So uh, I, he's one of the last options at closer that you look at. It's not ideal. You really don't want him. This is just a terrible, terrible baseball team. I mean, but I do think that there are some guys on the horizon, Adam. I think Yusinel uh, Diaz, Austin Hayes, Ryan Mountcastle, Richie Martin. I mean, there are some kids. There are some kids coming. Can we say, can we say that, or we just don't even feel good about that either? No, they're good and they're talented. But we saw Hayes, you know, struggle last year to stay healthy. 
Uh, I think he does get a shot at some point this year. And, you know, I'll take him in the draft champions league, you know, 35th round, somewhere in that area. But as far as this year, uh, you know, a lot of those guys, I, I don't know when they'll be up again. There's no rush for this team to push any of them if they're concerned with service time, because this is going to be one of the worst teams in baseball this year. No, that's absolutely true. All right. Who do you have coming up an hour? Number two, Adam. Uh, Steve Renner, Scout DFS. We'll talk some NHL for tonight and uh, some baseball with him as well. I've heard the Steve Renner guy is pretty good at, at uh, hockey. Yeah, I think he had a big day recently. Yeah, one thirty-six k so listen up to him. All right, guys, this is Dr. Roto saying be well and take care. Back tomorrow. Keep it right here for hour number two with Adam Ronas. Good luck tonight, Ronas and Tout Wars. Thanks a lot, man. All right, back soon right after this.